believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I invite you to be seated. I once had a conversation with someone who is an artist. I remember the conversation well, both for its irony and because I knew it would one day make a great sermon illustration. As this artist and I drank our coffee together, she proceeded to go on and on about the person she was sharing studio space with. She complained that this person was never in the studio and hardly ever put brush to canvas. She ended her diatribe by exclaiming, how can she call herself an artist? Not many seconds later, the conversation changed and she started to talk about how although she considers herself to be a Christian, she no longer goes to church, <coughs> reads the Bible, or prays. To which I wanted to exclaim, how can you call yourself a Christian? But I held my tongue. The irony of the conversation was, of course, that the woman was able to recognize that there are certain practices that constitute being an artist, but failed to see that there are certain practices, a shape of life, that constitutes being a Christian. We have, for a couple of weeks now at St. James, been talking about rhythms of life that shape Christian community. And our scripture today offers up, on a silver platter no less, a central practice of the believing community that has been happening for centuries, the public reading of scripture. And not only this, through Nehemiah, we are given insight and understanding into what it looks like to be the people of God, a people shaped by the word of God. A good friend and colleague of mine back in Edmonton once observed the oddness of our Christian faith that requires the faithful to read the same book over and over again each and every year. Which means that it is easy for the words to sound too familiar and to adopt the attitude of been there, done that, got the t-shirt. But now cue our passage from Nehemiah this morning, which is not only every church leader's dream, but a vivid picture of what happens when the faithful hear and are transformed by God's word. 
This passage begins at the point at which the house of God has finally been restored. A restoration that had started with King Cyrus nearly 100 years previous to this point. And we see in this passage the restoration culminating in the faithful gathering together around Torah. The people are hungry for God's word. And so they ask for it. And it is read to them from early morning until midday. Now imagine for a moment this scene taking place today. Say in downtown Paris, at the Cobblestone Common in the summer, of course. And Jason, John, and myself all take turns reading scripture aloud for six hours. Not only this, everyone gathered, men, women, and children, all of you, are listening attentively. And then, after the reading is done, a big worship service erupts, followed by a sumptuous feast, maybe at the new Italian restaurant that's in downtown Paris now. It might sound crazy, even for we who are Christians, but this is precisely what happened for Ezra and Nehemiah. There are a couple of things worth noting in this passage that are important for our understanding. The first thing to note is that they gathered at the water gate, a public place where everyone could come, women and men and all who could hear with understanding which includes children. Second, Ezra does something that is unprecedented. He institutes the practice of reading scripture to others as authoritative. Susan, what you did this morning was authoritative. This is the first ever in scripture public reading of scripture. A tradition that we see continued in Luke 4 with Jesus and that continues today in both Judaism and Christianity. And if you know your Anglican history, you will know that these two principles will, were foundational to the creation of the Book of Common Prayer. The public reading of scripture in church, both at mass and in the daily offices, and then, precisely because Cramer wanted all people to have access to God's word, that it was for all people. All scripture, all the time, for all people. Men, women, and children. Whatever else we might be as God's beloved, we are a people shaped by the word of God, read, proclaimed, and interpreted. Now what happens when people gather and the word is heard and interpreted? Well, we read this morning that the people bless God. We do that too. In response to the word of the Lord, we say, in response to the word of the Lord, we say, 
Right. And in response to the gospel of Christ, we say, This is you and I blessing God for the gift of God's word to us. And what else do we see happening in this passage this morning? Well, we see people, the people of God, giving voice to their certainty, their faith, and their trust in the God of the scriptures who is speaking to them. They give their amen to God's word. And not only do they praise God in worship with their lips, their actions match what they are hearing and saying. They stand for the word of God. Some of them raise their hands, and some of them fall to the ground. God's spirit through the reading of scripture is transforming them. In fact, it moved them so much that the people wept. Now, whether they wept because they were convicted by what was proclaimed to them, or simply by being overwhelmed in the moment, Ezra and Nehemiah remind the people that hearing the word of God is their joy and their strength. Their joy and their strength. And this joy takes the concrete form of eating at table. Listen again. Go your way. Eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our God. Get out your Paula Dean cookbook, people. And this feast does not just stay put, where the people are instructed to take the food to those who have nothing. If any of this sounds familiar to you, it should, because we do this each and every Sunday morning. We gather to hear God's word, then interpretation is given through the sermon, then we have a meal in the Eucharist, and then we take from our abundance and give to those who have need. An example of this is the difference of one. Nehemiah 8 shows us what it looks like when God's people gather together to hear the written word proclaimed and interpreted and then let that proclamation shape and energize their life together in community. Notice that the text does not do anything in and of itself or for itself. It has to be read and interpreted in order for God's spirit to work through his word and through us. And not just once, but over and over and over and over. There is a lovely story of a rabbi 
who always told his people that if they studied the Torah, it would put the scriptures on their heart. One of his people asked, why on our hearts and not in them? The rabbi answered, only God can put scripture inside. But reading and hearing sacred text can put it on your hearts. And when your hearts break, the holy words will fall inside. Just as going to the studio and putting brush to canvas is a central rhythm of life for a painter, one of the central rhythms of life for the people of God is gathering together for the reading, hearing, and interpretation of God's holy word. And Nehemiah reminds us this morning that when this happens, it is a holy day. It is our joy and our strength. Amen. <laughs>